Good evening. I just feel like nobody ever wants to sit up on the front row. Am I scary? I am. It's the splash zone a little bit. I get, yeah, that's it. Just everyone sits back. Tony gets excited and he starts to spit. Hey, I'm, I'm excited you're here tonight. There's something I forgot um, to remind us. And, and God, I am so proud of this church and just all the, the heart of the people of this church and, and just the, the giving and... And all, all that all that you guys do, I just I just want you to know, there isn't a church just because someone gets up and preach doesn't make a church. It's it's the God's people that comes together, and you guys are just amazing. Um, and and Jim, you don't have to put it up, but um, I want to remind you check in on Facebook and, and invite your friends to check in and do that because we have provided 15 days of meals for mothers and their children. Um, through Compassion International this month. I mean, just our little tiny group and stuff, 15 full days of meals that a mom and a child didn't have to worry about where their food was coming from. And so just keep doing that. Um, Next month, um, we we are going to continue doing this. I, I love that we try to make mission a part of everything that we do. And how can we not only just come together, but how can we reach out at the same time? And I know next month we are actually looking at an organization that um, we will be providing shoes um, for kids that don't have shoes in the United States and all around the world and everything. So we're going to continue. So check in, check in, check in, and, and make sure you keep inviting because the more people that check in, the more people that come to church, um, the more good we're going to do. So I'm excited about that. I'm really excited about this series that we're going through. Um, it is my favorite all-time passage. And it is the greatest sermon ever preached, the Sermon on the Mount um, of Jesus. And it was just so mind-altering and so cultural-altering, the, the things that Jesus said. And as we continue to move through it, you're, you're going to see how he was speaking things. It's, it's no wonder at the end of it, everyone just walked away amazed. And just said, we have never heard anything like this. We've never heard anybody speak with such authority as Jesus did on that mountain. But um, we have been talking, if you hear last week, we talked about the idea of being honorable and living an honorable life and what it means to honor our faith and honor God. And I love that Jesus started with the Beatitudes. And this is what it looks like um, to live. This is the heart change. This is the life change that we should have. Um, the idea of knowing our loss, knowing mourning and 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 and, and being hungry for righteousness and all those things. And so Jesus says, and all of a sudden he starts making a transition now. He he kind of set the bar way up here right off the bat. And I love that he does that. I believe so often in our churches, in our culture, in our schools, everywhere, we have set the bar way down here. And, and I believe all my heart, when God's people, especially students, adults, anyone, when you set the bar high for them, um, that they'll reach it. And, and so we should expect more from each other. But but tonight, we, we want to transition into our next virtue and this idea of purity. And I just, simple little test for you. Um, when, when you think about purity and everything, I, want, I just have a quick question. How many of you would drink from this or or this see a, no actually that's not paint that's an actual pond somewhere and so yeah it's, it's nasty or or or, or we, we drink from here it's funny when we think about purity 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 starts really making a difference in our lives when we start thinking about the things we're putting in, in us <laughs> but usually only food and water Anything. And, and, and all of us, I think, would agree. Like, I would rather have crystal clear water than sticking my face in some kind of moldy, scummy water and, and trying to drink from that. Yeah, pretty much. You get all your nutrients, all things. But, but this idea about purity, 
that comes from. And, and again, it's not it's not so much an outward experience. It's not so much. We live in such a culture that it's all about my appearance. It's all about what other people see and what other people can, you know, look at me. I've done this. I've got that. I'm, I'm dressed right and all this. It, it is all about the heart. And, and I love this. Is, this is one of, <coughs> excuse me, one of Jesus' greatest battles with the religious leaders was they had the entire Old Testament, they had all the law, but they only understood the letter of the law. They never really understood the heart of it. And, and my fear is that in our churches and in our faith, sometimes we still are, we understand the letter, but we don't understand the heart. See, because purity should actually come natural to us. I love Josh McDowell, who's the apologist, um, wrote Evidence That Demands a Verdict, all kinds of great stuff. He says this, um, I've never had anyone define purity. You probably can't define purity. It is to live by original design. You see, God created us and created this planet pure. That there were no faults. There were none of this, this garbage and pollution and all the stuff that we allow in. And stuff and that you and I were created to live pure lives. In, in fact, that, that is the way it was originally intended. So tonight, I, wanted, I want us to kind of keep diving into this and seeing what does that look like. When we look at the heart instead of just the actions, the do's and don'ts. And so if you have your Bibles, we'll be in Matthew chapter 5. Once again, if you don't have a Bible, we have them available for you. Put your name in them, take them, and, and do them. But we're going to be in Matthew chapter 5, sitting pretty much through here um, all night. So let's pray and let's dive in. God, thank you so much again. Now, you, you don't need us. God, you don't need us to gather. You don't need us to sing songs. You, you don't need us to do anything, God. But you allow us... To be in relationship with you. You allow us to, to experience your presence. You, you allow us, God, to become what you made us to be. And Father, we, ha- we have gone so far away from that. Uh, Father, more and more I see the world and I see the news and I see the things going on and, and the issues that are happening, God. I see us just running farther and farther away from you. And, and we live in that brokenness. And so tonight, God, I just pray, God, that you would just speak to our hearts, God, because uh, purity is something that you do in us, not something that we can do. And, and so, God, I pray that you would just speak. I pray that tonight that you would just um, open our ears and our hearts, God, and that we'd respond. God, that we want to just walk out of here just saying, wow, it's a great sermon, great music, God. But just, again, just be so enamored, so overtaken by your presence, God, that we would just leave here saying, what a great God. That is your words that are important. Your words are the only ones that are going to last. And so, God, we ask that you would speak and that you would move us to action. God, that you would move us to a life of purity and that you would receive the glory. So, Father, have your way. We pray it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, so like I said, tonight we're going to be talking about purity, and, and we're in this whole idea. And, and the idea of purity is a purity in the daily life. Um, it, it, it's all about the heart. It, it's all about, and again, you know, we are such a culture of appearances. We are such a culture of, like, let me, let me show people. And, you know, we, 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 we show up to church, and we show up to gatherings, and people, you ever had that person, you know, like, how are you doing? I'm fine. And we're not fine, you know, <laughs> and stuff. I always, when people ask me, like, how are you doing? I always want to ask, like, do you really want to know? Because <laughs> we can talk for a while. But but the purity is this thing that it's not about just what I'm trying to show. Because the fact is, is I, I don't, you can't maintain this. 
I don't, I don't think we can maintain a pure life without the, the Holy Spirit inside of us. I don't think you can maintain a life that lives fully. And this promise that Jesus gave us in John 10, I've come to give you life and life more abundantly, that more. Unless we deal with the heart issues. And so um, Jesus comes right up in, in the beginning and he starts talking to him. He says, it, it, it is more than a show. So turn, turn your Bibles to Matthew 5. And, and I want to back up just a little bit to um, verse 17. It says, Jesus says, don't assume I came to destroy the law of prophets. I did not come to destroy, but to fulfill. I, I want to make something very, very clear. Jesus did not show up to make a whole new religion. Jesus didn't like set up a new belief system. Jesus was saying, no, this is what it was supposed to always be. And so I know, <coughs> I know a lot of people says, I'm a New Testament Christian. I'm just a New Testament Christian. And you can't be just a New Testament Christian. You have to take the whole of Scripture. And Jesus is saying, listen, I'm not, I'm not here to change the laws. The law is still important. This is still God's standard. I'm here actually to fulfill it and to show you the meaning of it. But what had happened is people, when we give laws and we give rules, you know what happens? We make a checklist. And, and so the Pharisees, the religious leaders, you know, they have all, they start making this checklist. Like, okay, here's the law, here's the law. And they start adding things to it. And saying, well, not only this, but also this and this and this and this. And it was, it was just a load. And Jesus is like, listen, I'm not here to destroy the law. I'm here to fulfill it. In fact, he says in verse 18, until heaven and earth pass away, not the smallest letter or one stroke of letter will pass from the law until all things are accomplished. And then verse 20, he gives the emphasis. He says, listen, for, in, for I tell you, unless your righteousness surpasses that of the scribes and Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. He, he's saying very, very clearly that it's not about just showing people that you are good. Listen, can, I, can I tell you something? Jesus did not come to make you a good person. That wasn't his goal. He, he came to restore our relationship with the Father, to create back into us the original design of what was supposed to happen. And, and so often we get in this idea of we teach a behavioral gospel. Well, you know, we, we have all those lists, you know, don't do this, don't do that, you know, don't don't drink, don't cuss, don't chew, don't go with girls that do. You know? And, and we have our list, and it's all about behavior in so many of our churches and so many of our places that we're gathering we're, we're trying to teach a behavior and it's not about a behavior it's about who we're supposed to become and, and so jesus said this isn't about a list of rules if you do this and do this and do this and everything's going to be fine it's got to go deeper than that that's why i always struggled as a youth pastor when people were like go tell my kids to stop dating don't tell them not to date at all i'm like i'm you know i can see the the benefit of that but that's really not in scripture like I had one person just get in my face and says, you can't, nobody dated in scripture and you got to make sure my kids never date at all and stuff. I said, well, actually, like Mary was 13 when she had Jesus. So I can tell your daughters to go get married at age 13 and that would be biblical. They didn't like that at all. Mm-hmm. See, because it's not about behavior. It's about becoming. It's about our heart and, and it's about who we're supposed to be. And if we don't deal with the heart, then the behavior is never going to follow. See, wherever the heart leads, our actions will follow. No matter how well we are at conning people and how a good a face we can put on, eventually our actions are going to follow our heart. And so Jesus right away, he's like, listen, you have to be, your righteousness has to surpass that of the Pharisees because on the outside they look right. But later on in scripture says on the inside they're rotting bones. It's not just a show. It's, it's a heart issue. And so this idea. And so what Jesus does is he takes six commandments, six laws, 
and he starts breaking them down to him. And you're going to hear this phrase, you've heard it said, you've heard it said, you've heard it said. And he says that because they have all heard it said. These are like important laws. These are like just uh, no duh laws. But Jesus all of a sudden takes it up and he makes it a little bit more with it. And so he starts right there, verse 21. He starts with murder. He says in verse 21, You have heard it was said to our ancestors, Do not murder, and whoever murders will be subject to judgment. But I tell you, everyone who is angry with his brother will be subject to judgment. And whoever says to his brother, Fool, will be subject to a Sanhedrin. But whoever says, You moron, will be subject to hellfire. Uh, Jesus says, Listen, it's obvious you, you, don't, you don't go and murder. But if there's hate in your heart, if there's bitterness in your heart towards someone else, then guess what? You, you've, you've murdered them. See, it's not just about going out and stabbing somebody and stuff. And it never starts that way. Nobody wakes up one morning and just says, you know, I'm just going to go stab some people. <laughs> there, there's a process that happens in the heart. Matter of fact, you know, here, here's the process. The best I can understand is that there's anger that comes and there's anger hell. Someone does something wrong to you. Somebody does something. There's a group of people you don't like and there's anger. And you don't deal with that and it becomes bitterness. And the Bible says bitterness takes root. In our hearts. And it, the, like a root, man, it spreads everywhere. And that bitterness turns into hate. Listen. In, in your heart, if like tonight there's someone that, man, you just sit there and just like, oh, I hate that person. Listen, you, you've murdered them in heart. In fact, that's the definition of hate. Literally, to murder someone in your heart. And, and so Jesus says, no, no, it, it's, it's. It's about your heart. In fact, you know, he, he goes on. He gives us this, this idea that, like, listen, this is a big problem. Verse 23 says, so if you're offering your gift on the altar and you remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift there in front of the altar. First go and be reconciled with your brother, then come and offer your gift. Listen, our dealings and the way we feel about other people definitely takes away our relationship with god in fact god's like listen if you're harboring this stuff in your heart I, we can't even talk right now i don't care what your offering is i don't care what you're bringing listen if you have a problem with someone else you need to get that right and get the heart fixed on listen on this is why we don't pass a plate and, and i know like some church is like no you gotta pass a plate because that's the only way i, I that's the only way you get money. I just feel like if you bring offerings and tithes and stuff, that's part of worship. But I want your heart to be in it. And so we make it part of our worship, part of our response. And so, uh, you know, tonight, if there's issue and stuff, you know, don't that's not going to make it better. It, it, it's almost like we look at God and say, like, well, I'll go ahead and do this and maybe he'll forget the hate I have in my heart. And it's not going to happen because it's a heart issue. It's it's a heart issue. And. and, and the, the other deal is, listen, you're not accountable for how people treat you. They're, they're just somebody, you know those people, no matter what you do, they're going to be negative, and they're going to be down on you, and they're gonna, there's, just, there's always those people in our life. You're not responsible how they treat you, but you're, <clears throat> you're responsible how you respond to them. In fact, you're accountable how you respond to them. And, and so again, in our hearts, if there's anger, if there's bitterness, listen, you, you're murdering someone in that. And so Jesus starts there. And, of course, everyone's in there going, yeah, that's, 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 that's true, man. I'm, I'm not going to kill anybody. And so he, he goes to the next one, this, this idea of the adultery. 
Go down to verse 27. Again, he says, you have heard it said, do not commit adultery. But I tell you, everyone who looks at a woman to lust for her has already committed adultery in his, in his heart. See, Jesus gives this, this picture once again that this isn't about you going to sleeping around or cheating on your husband or wife or doing this. This, is, this starts in the heart. You know, I, I, had a, I had a Bible professor that just, I mean, he just drilled into us all the time. He's like, no one falls into sin. Listen, all these things we're going to talk about, nobody wakes up one day and says, I'm going to go murder somebody or, you know, I'm going to go cheat on my wife or my husband. You don't just fall into it. You kind of slide into it. There's a compromise here. There's a compromise there. There's a thing here. And we just kind of start sliding into it. And, and Jesus is like, listen, listen, if you're looking, it's if you're lusting through your eyes, then you've already done it in your heart. And guys, I, you know, I, this is a little PG-13, so... I just want you to know, this is a huge deal right now. Listen, the number one addiction for young boys starting at age like eight on is pornography. It's becoming the number one addiction for young girls, too. And they're starting like at seven or eight and seeing it. Within, by the time a kid graduates high school, they have seen literally thousands and thousands and hundreds of thousands of sexual images. And it is constantly bombarding. The number one reason pastors are leaving the pastor right now is because of pornography. See, see, we gotta guard our hearts because this is real stuff. This, this, this is this is stuff that is addicting. It does something to our brain. It releases different different um, hormones and different chemicals in our brain, and it is literally addicting to see it. And if we're looking at this stuff, you may I, I know people like I never cheated on my wife, but man, I just sat in front of a computer screen. And Jesus very clearly says, listen, if you're doing that, if you're looking at it, if you're doing that in your heart, then it's the same as doing it. You, you, you've got to, in fact, Paul talks about it. First Corinthians 6, 18. Paul says this, he says, run from sexual immorality. Every sin a person can commit is outside the body. On the contrary, the person who's sexually immoral sins against his own body. In 19, that, that verse we all know, don't you know your body is the sanctuary of the Holy Spirit who's in you, whom you have from God? You are not your own. You were bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body. And so there's this picture that, listen, this is serious, serious stuff. And this is things that we got to run from. If you, you want a chance for purity, man, it, you, you've got to just flee. And... It, and, and and don't don't get me wrong, you know it's it's not like you look at somebody like wow they're pretty. I mean guys, husbands, you know the wife asks that horrible question. You think she's pretty? <laughs> not a, not next to you, dear. <laughs> That's always the answer, gentlemen, younger gentlemen. That is always the answer. No, I, I didn't even see her and stuff. It, it's not it's not that quick glance. In, in fact, when Jesus says anyone that looks on the woman, the Greek he uses it, it's like a long gaze, and so. Listen, ladies and gentlemen, guard your hearts. Guard your hearts because this is destroying our families. This is destroying our world right now. There's no wonder there's so much confusion because we've just said, God, we're just going to do this our way. And confusion has ensued all over our world right now. And so Jesus very clearly says, listen, you want to be pure? This is a heart issue. This is a hard issue. Guard, guard your heart. And so you, you, you get this idea. Again, I think I think the people are listening. They're going, yeah, now I'm not going to cheat my wife. She'll kill me. 
That's stupid. In fact, back then, listen, the law was if you were caught in adultery, um, it was a punishable by death. It, it's really kind of odd, though, that like the guys would never seem to be caught. It was always the girls. You know, we, we all know about the girl caught in adultery, brought in front of Jesus, and he says, you know, you without sin cast the first stone. I just want to know about the guys, like, how did you know? See, the, the standard is still for both of us. And so guard, guard your eyes, guard your heart, and guard what you're doing. But everyone, these are obvious things to people. And so Jesus starts, he starts moving in them on, though. He says, okay, now uh, let's talk about swearing. I'm not talking about cussing. I'm talking about making oaths. And everything in, in, in verse 33 and, and verse 34. Jesus again says, again, you have heard that it was said to our ancestors, you must not break your oath, but you must keep your oaths to the Lord. But I tell you, don't take an oath at all, either by heaven, because it is God's throne or by the earth, because it is footstool or by Jerusalem, because it is the city of the great king. Neither should you swear by your head because you cannot make a single hair white or black. Listen, here's what's happening. The, the Pharisees know very clearly this idea, don't take God's name in vain. And so you did, not make a, you did not make an oath or swear a promise in God's name. But what they did is they started making oaths everywhere. They're like, well, swear by the altar or the horns of the altar. Swear by the temple. Swear by Jerusalem. You know, swear by your own head and, and all this stuff. And Jesus says, why? why? Why are you doing this? Because a pure heart that has pure motives is going to be honest. In verse 37, he says, but let your word yes be yes and your no be no. Anything more than this is from the evil one. He, he, Jesus is just saying, listen, why do you need to swear on all this other stuff? Shouldn't you just be known for your word? You know, there was a day in our culture where a handshake was good enough. I remember my dad, my dad, my dad that raised me was uh, was born in 1923 in the West Virginia mountains. He was a hillbilly all throughout. And that man, every single day of my life, I remember, I think he even called me after I was married. He's like, remember, the most important thing you have is your word. Son, if you lose everything else, you have to keep your word. You have to keep your word. And it's not about me making swear, swearing on this or promising that. It's just me keeping being a person of my word. It's, it's this idea of integrity that we're going to talk about next week. But, I mean, just being worried. Because, again, if, if you've got to swear on something, what's your motives? If, if i gotta, if I got to swear and say, well, I promise because of this. I mean, it's, it's like putting collateral up. It's like signing a loan for someone else. All these things the Bible says, don't do that stuff. Just be a person of your word. A pure heart has no ulterior motives, and so there'd be no reason to have to swear on anything. Just be known for your word. And as a follower of Christ and someone that's seeking purity, we should be known. We, our yes should be yes, and our no should be no. And the church should be that. If we say we're going to do something, we're going to do it. That, that's my commitment. I said when we started this, I don't care if there's like three people here. We're still having church. And we've had that before, haven't we? <laughs> or there were like three of us. I'm like, we're st- I'm still preaching. We're still doing church because we said we're going to. You know, I, I said we're going to be missional. And so everything we do is like, how do we give stuff away and, and do all stuff? And so we want to be a church of word, but we need to be people of a word because that's a pure heart. Because a pure heart doesn't have ulterior motives. There are way too many people in this world today that are looking at the church and looking at Christians and just saying they're scam artists. Because we have just, we have taken this and our yes hasn't been yes and our no hasn't been no. 
And the church today has a purity problem in this area, a huge one. And, and so he goes in. And so again, the people are like, oh, okay. You know, I, I just see like the people kind of leaning in and listening. And Jesus just kind of ramps it up each time. And it's like, all right. So the Pharisees are telling us to do this, the, our religious leaders. But you're saying just be honest? Oh, okay, we, we can deal with that. And then he takes it another step. He goes to retaliation, verse 38 and 39. This is where it starts kind of hitting home with a lot of people. In verse 38, he says, Jesus says, You have heard it was said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I tell you, don't resist an evildoer. On the contrary, if anyone slaps you on your right cheek, turn the other Turn the other to him also. And I think when Jesus said that, there was like this, oh, in the crowd. What? What? Wait a minute. That's that's in the law. An eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. I mean, that that's fair. And, you know, that's 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 proper. You know, if someone steals, then, you know, they get punished for stealing. Now, there's some there's cultures that's taken an extreme. You steal in Iran right now, they're going to cut off your hands. That's taking it a little bit far. But that all came out of this idea, this eye for an eye and two for Jesus. Like, no, 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 no. Don't, don't, don't retaliate. Don't, don't. In fact, if they slap you, just, just give them the other cheek to slap. And this all of a sudden new. See, because our hearts tell us, our flesh heart says, if someone does something to me, I'm going to get even. You know, that, that person took my parking space, I'm going to park really close to them and let them scrape their car a little bit. I mean, that person cut me off, I'll wait till I get out. I'm going to ride their bumper. I mean, I mean we're just like, it's this idea in our heart that, man, I'm going to get even. Have you ever felt that? I know I have. Listen, I, I get mad all the time. I, I was in meetings this week that were so infuriating to me. They just didn't make any sense. Well, you can't do that and stuff. Like, I literally was talking to someone today, just, just, about this empty field over here saying, hey, we, we were looking at doing a, 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 you know, a block party and we just we want to we want to bless the community and stuff. And we have our own insurance and and everything. And, and this is just a big open field, man. We're not even going to move dirt and all this stuff. And they're like, no, you can't do that. I'm like, why? Well, because someone owns that field. I'm, I'm like, I know, but they're not building anything. Well, you just we're not we can't give you a really good answer for that. Just you're tough. I'm like, I'm going to watch. <laughs> Man, let, let me see anybody go on that property and do something because I see it all the time. I'm going to get them. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I, was, I was at public this week saying, let, can we um, stand out here and have people sign up for our vacation Bible school and stuff like that? And they're like, no, we can't do any sign-ups. If you're selling stuff, yeah, you're fine. You can pub, but you can't have any sign-ups because if we let you, then other people are going to sign up. And then I said, Man, I have walked out here like five times, and every time the BFW is here, they're trying to get me to sign up to go into the Veterans of Foreign War. And the Girl Scouts are trying to get me to become a Girl Scout. I, but, I mean, I just sit here and I'm like, well, I'm, you just wait. And it's that idea that, man, I'm going get, to get even. And Jesus is like, no, 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 no. Listen, if your heart is pure, if you're dealing with these other things like the anger and the murder and all these other things, then when people do stuff to you, I, I want to remind you that they're fallen. And they're broken. In, in fact, you, the goal is for you to become just like me, Jesus is saying. In fact, in fact, that 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 is the plan. And Paul, Paul again in Philippians talks about the mind of Christ. Jump over to Philippians chapter two. This this beautiful passage Paul is talking says, listen, if in verse one, if then there is any encouragement in Christ, any consolation of love, any if any fellowship with the Spirit, if any affection and mercy, if there's anything that ties us together, that Jesus has Jesus done anything in your life, 
And it's change your heart. Fulfill my joy by thinking the same way. Other versions say, fulfill my joy by having the mind of Christ, having the same love, sharing the same feelings, focusing on one goal. Do nothing out of rivalry rivalry or conceit, but in humility consider others as more important than yourselves. Everyone (coughs) I get excited. Everyone should not only... Look out not only for his own interests, but also for the interests of others. It's this idea that you're more important than me. And if you slap me in the face, well, here's the other cheek, because obviously you need to slap something. And that, that is a heart. It's not, it's not about getting even, because if we remember, if we remember what we've done to God, and how many times we have slapped God in the face... And he has never given up on us. It, it is this mind of Christ. And again, it's this heart. Because it's in those hearts, in our heart, we get feeling. And so, so I, I just think the crowd sitting there just going, this, this isn't normal stuff. I mean, these guys are used to hearing preachers all the time. But this idea says, no, 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 t- turn the other cheek. In fact, if they, if they, if they need your shirt, give them your coat they ask you to walk one mile walk five with them give them your shoes whatever it takes because they're loved by the father also just as you were loved so don't it's not an eye for an eye it's not an eye for an eye anymore and so i i think everyone right now people are just i think there's just that uncomfortable feeling you know when you know the holy spirit's moving and you're sitting there going i don't like this because he, he goes and he ends this with like, okay, now let me just finish this off with love for my enemies. Remember, these are, these are people oppressed and put down by the Romans. And they were not nice people. They could take whatever they wanted. They could do whatever they wanted. And they were just being, and Jesus, Jesus says, wait a minute, listen to this. You have heard that it said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. Makes sense, right? But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you so that you may be sons of your father in heaven. For he causes his son to rise on the evil and the good and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. Jesus just blows the entire thing and says, listen, I want you just to love people. I, I, I want you to look at people. And, and the truth is, it's easy to love lovable people. Listen, Mr. Ian, I love you, buddy. I love that I get a hug every time and he gets all excited and that, that, it's so easy it's so easy to love when I'm getting loved on. It is. It makes it easy. Listen, that that kid that comes up and kicks me in the shin, <laughs> that's going to be at vacation Bible camp. <laughs> that's going to be a little bit harder to love. But that's exactly what Jesus says. He's like, "Listen, listen in your heart If you can let go of the hate, if you can let go of the anger, if you can guard your heart and make sure the pure stuff is coming in, if if you can just keep looking this way and making sure that this is the stuff that's filling your heart, then you're going to see people the way I see them and you're going to love them. And he goes, listen, verse 46, for if you love those who love, what reward will you have? Don't even tax collectors do the same? If you greet only your brothers, what are you doing out of the ordinary? Don't even Gentiles do the same? Listen, Jesus is saying, you follow me and I'm going to ask you to do the hard thing. See, living a life of purity, living a, with a pure heart in this culture is the hard thing. Because everybody and their brother, everybody that has a voice somewhere is saying, listen, you just do what you feel. Whatever you feel like, 
is what you can do, no matter what the consequences are. But, but a pure heart says, no, man, I'm gonna, I want to do the hard things. I want to love those that, that are hard to love. Because I, I promise you, I promise you that I was the hardest person to love. I, I know I was. You can ask my wife. <laughs> and, and in the midst of that, Jesus still comes down and he just, he loves me. And so how can I not love everyone else? But that only happens as if my heart is set for that. See, the idea of a pure heart is just to have God's heart in you. And isn't that his promise? Now he says in the Old Testament, I, I'm taking a heart of stone and replacing it with a heart of flesh. Literally, God's saying, I'm giving you my heart when you come to know me. It's already perfect. It's already pure because this is what it was originally supposed to be. I mean, it is. And, and there's an outcome from this. I, I love there's an outcome of purity. And, and it's crazy to even think about this. Verse 48, Jesus finishes this first chap, this first chapter of this amazing sermon. He says, listen, be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly father is perfect. See, the outcome of purity, the outcome of having a pure heart is becoming who you were created to be. It's that Josh McDowell vote. You can't really define purity. It's just living the original design of who we were supposed to be. That you and I, the standard has always been perfection. God made us perfect. He made this planet perfect, this universe perfect. And that standard has never, ever changed for any of us. And if you're like me, when I was sitting here reading this week and studying this, I'm just, I'm sitting here going, but I'm only human. I hate that saying. I'm only human. I'm a child of God. I was created created a little bit lower than the angels and God still loves me. I'm the crowning jewel of creation. And everything in this universe, we are the crowning jewel. And so we're not just human. We were created to be perfect. That standard is still there. And so we can live this life. It's hard. I know it's hard. And, 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 and there, there are things that we can do. Paul, Paul kind of gives us a list. You don't have to turn this, but Philippians 4.8. It'll be up on the screen. It says, finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any moral ex- excellence, if there is any, if there is, and if there is any praise, dwell on these things. What if we made the commitment that every day we were going to dwell on things that are true and honorable and just and pure and lovely and commendable and excellent and praiseworthy? What if that's what we filled our lives with? That's what that's what we filled our hearts with and said, these are the things I want to focus on. These are the things I, I want to do. And I still again, I know this is hard. This is hard for us to say, I mean, how do I live that day to day and every single day? How, how, do, how do I survive and actually live a pure life that's honoring God and become this person? It's very, very simple. You can't and you don't have to because the Holy Spirit dwells in you. See, all my devotions this week, there's been an ongoing theme. 
Every time I've opened the Bible this week, there's been an ongoing theme, and it is this, that God will finish what he started in you and me. That God will complete the work, the perfecting, the sanctification, the righteousness, the holiness. He will complete that work in us. It's a promise. And so all I have to do is get out of the Holy Spirit's way and say, I'm going to dwell on these things, God, and I'm going to let you do your work. In fact, Duncan Campbell says this, the desire for heart purity is a creation of the Holy Spirit at work in the heart. And nowhere in the Bible does Jesus say following me is easy. Anybody that tells you that, they're a liar. That's why Jesus says, you know, wide is the road that leads to destruction. Narrow is the one that leads to life. It's a, not everybody is going to get on that road. But those of us that have made that decision and said, Jesus, I want to follow you. We just need to get out of the way and let the Holy Spirit do its work in us. We, we, we need to dwell on those things that are pure and lovely and truthful and praiseworthy and pure and all those things. And make sure those are the things fill and guard our hearts and guard what we're watching, guard what our kids are seeing and guard what we're listening to and guard what we're reading. And say, if this doesn't fit into this criteria, man, I'm not going to allow this garbage in me. And by doing that, and by, and by falling in love with God's word, and falling in love with him, and every single day saying, God, I just want to know you more today. I want to love you better, and I want to serve you better just today. Just a little bit better every single day. And let your Holy Spirit do the work. It, we, it's funny, we keep going back to those dangerous prayers. Search my heart, God. Let me know these areas. Show me where I'm struggling, and, and do your work. Even if it's painful. Growth is painful it, it it doesn't it doesn't happen just one day you wake up and you're an adult and and everything's good. I mean there there are bones that stretch and there's muscles that stretch and it is a violent process. And it's the same way with our faith. We have come totally from being dead, away and separated from God. We have come from just zombie. The walking dead. We are AMC special. We all live that show. <laughs> to something totally new and alive. And God promises that in that process, he's going to finish what he started in us. He's, he's, going to, he's going to make us perfect again. He's going to purify our heart. And one day we'll have new bodies. Thank you, Jesus. I'm tired of my knees and back hurting. And when I roll out of bed, it sounds like a drum roll every morning. I'm, <clears throat> I'm getting a new body that's not going to crack. It's not going to wear down. It's not going to ache. It's not going to hurt. I'm going to get a new body to match this new heart that God's already placed into me. And all the earth is going to be pure and perfect once again. And he'll... <clears throat> Once again, and he's going to finish what he started. Praise God. That's a promise. And all I have to do is let the Holy Spirit do its work. And whether I'm, whether I'm five or 95, the Holy Spirit is still working. It, it doesn't matter. Listen, I get to spend eternity trying to get to know everything there is to know about God, and it's not enough time. Any of you that think like heaven is just sitting on a cloud with a halo, uh, that would be horrible. <laughs> it is us growing and becoming more and more and knowing more and more of God and all. Of, but there's nothing to interfere. I mean, imagine that day. I'm so excited. That I, this is why I pray. My kid's like, don't pray for Jesus to come back. I want to get older. It's like, no, no, I want Jesus to come back so you don't have to struggle anymore. But imagine that day when Jesus returns and everything is set right. And you and I could actually sit down in a chair, look at Jesus and say, so what did you mean by this? 
And instead of some pastor that reads commentaries and studies for an hour or seven hours, Jesus is going to go, well, you've heard it said, but this is what I meant. And every single one of us is going to go, you're so much smarter than my pastor. (laughs) That happens. I I love that Jesus says, blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. When we dwell on the things of God, you're going to see God every single day. You're going to see him. In, in other people you're going to see him in the things that happen you're going to see him because only a pure heart can see a pure God I can't imagine a day without knowing God's presence and it only happens when I dwell on the purity that God has asked me to be and so that's what we're called to live day to day and I know it's hard and I know there are people we want to get even with and there, there are things that we might accidentally look at or, or we struggle with and anger and all this stuff. There may be all of that. And Jesus says, my Holy Spirit will do the work. See, my, my all time, <laughs> I have so many favorite verses, it's crazy, but one of my all times is that, you know, I am a new creation in Christ. The old is gone, the new has come. I can live a perfect, righteous, holy life. If I ask you tonight, it says, how many of you are righteous? Every one of you should raise your hands if you know Jesus because his righteousness covers you. In God's eyes, you're already there. It's just the rest of us have to catch up. And, and so tonight, I just, I simply just, I, I, I ask you tonight, man, where are you struggling? See, see, Jesus offers freedom. And if you're struggling with anger or bitterness or hatred or any of that stuff, Jesus offers freedom because those are prisons. Man, if you're struck, struggling with, with, with seeing the wrong things and, and sexual sin and all those things that are going on, Jesus offers freedom. No addiction on this planet is stronger than my Jesus. He, he offers freedom. If you're struggling with your word being your word, and he offers freedom that he says, I can help you. My Holy Spirit will make this happen. If, if, you're, if you're struggling with seeing other people the way God sees them, he offers freedom because that's what Jesus offers, freedom. See, the honest truth is, before we know Jesus, we're, already, we're a slave to sin. Whatever it wants is what it gets from us. And the moment we turn to Jesus, we become his slave. But it is a slavery like anything, not like anything ever known. Because it is a freedom. Because he even says, I once called you like, you know, you called me teacher, now call me friend. We're in this together. And so wherever you're doing tonight, just let the Holy Spirit work. Let it reveal and then deal with it. And, and if we can pray with you, then we'll pray with you. If we can walk with you through it, then we'll walk with you through it. And, we, and we'll go through it. But the goal is that all of us get there the same time, the same place, in the same way. A pure, perfect heart. And, and so whatever God is doing, let, let him deal. Because in the end, it's it's the Holy Spirit's work. And, th- and that, the desire for heart purity is the creation of the Holy Spirit at work in the heart. So let him do his work. And then see what he does to this world because of it. Because I believe all my heart there's an entire world out there waiting to see Jesus in the life of people that say they follow him. And see, oh, this is what it really looks like.
we only do that with pure heart. So here's what we're going to do. I'm, I'm going to pray for us. Listen, tonight, if you don't know him, it starts, it, it, you, you can't even begin to understand or be part of this unless you know Jesus tonight. And that's, just, that's as simple as just saying, Jesus, I'm a sinner, and I know I am. I've done things my way. Will you die for me? Forgive me my sins. Come into my life and let your Holy Spirit do the work. And maybe you're someone that, man, we've just, I go to church and I'm here and I'm doing this all the time, but man, there are areas that I struggle with that I don't want anybody else to know about. I said, God already knows and he loves you and he'll meet you right there and his Holy Spirit will help you get past it if you allow him to do his work. And maybe that's what needs to happen tonight. What, whatever it is, just let God do his work. You know, as always, we just want you to have freedom. If you want to go in and pray, and just put something on the wall. Like I told, I go in there and I pray over those little tags. And some of them have been in there since we started this. And I'm still, I don't know if they're answered yet. So I just keep praying. And trusting that God will do what he needs to do. But you can go in there and pray. You can, we always have communion available. You can just remember what Christ done. If it's, God, I trust you with our finances and everything. And I just want to worship you through tithes and offering. Our offering boxes right here. What, whatever is going on is happening. Maybe you just want to sit there and just let the Holy Spirit speak. But th- this is our time. Don't, don't leave here with unfinished business. It's the worst feeling in the world. The worst statement anybody could ever say is, man, I wish I would have. Let the Holy Spirit do His work. And see what God does as we seek to live lives of purity for His glory and not ours. Let's pray.